Welcome back, everyone, to the Dungeon Master's Block, the place where we focus on the Dungeon Master, who is the most important person of the game, the only person capable of playing God, killing characters, and lowering the egos of everyone at the table. Now, I am one of your hosts, Dungeon Master Chris. And I'm Dungeon Master Mitch. Hey, hey. Uh, last week, uh, we're going to do a quick recap of what we talked about last week for those of you who may or may not have listened to the very first podcast. Uh, what we talked about last time was why we wanted to do this show. We talked about various different things um, that we think would be helpful for everyone um, as a first-time Dungeon Master. Um, we talked about um, my very first time du- being a Dungeon Master. We talked through my campaign and some of the highlights and some of the lowlights, some things that I found that I, I, I liked and didn't like. Um, we talked through what we do to plan and prepare uh, for various different uh, campaigns that we've done in the past. And we talked about ways that we like to build worlds. Do we start from little to big, or do we start big to little, and, and the pros and cons of each? Little to big. <laughs> little to big. <laughs> and this week we're going to be talking about various different topics that deal with players and how you handle them as a DM. Story time. The time during the episode where we talk about what happened last week during our campaigns, our favorite moments, what we learned about ourselves, and what we learned about each other. Please join us now as we enjoy story time. So Mitch, for story time, um, what do you have to share with us from your past campaign? Uh, Well, Chris, you weren't there uh, this past week, um, but uh, we had some really great adventures uh, this past week um, in my campaign. Uh, The players, just uh, one of my favorite moments was something kind of went awry, something went not as to my plans as the DM. Um, for one, I had a I had a boss battle that was planned, and uh, you weren't there, so right. uh, normally we'd have three players, I mean four players, and we had three players this time. My fault. Um, yep, your, all your <laughs> fault. Uh, don't, to everybody out there, don't miss D&D, ever. That's unacceptable. Um, but uh, yeah, so you weren't there, so we had, we had one less player, um, so the battle obviously is going to be a little bit harder. Uh... But, so there was, there was a situation where they, they had to sneak into this cave, and there's wolves in this cave, um, and these wolves are wolves that can talk a broken form of Sylvan, and I'm like, okay, they, I've made it so clear to them that they want to sneak into this cave. They don't want to alert the wolves, because I put wolves as sentries outside of the cave, and they did well about killing those two sentries, made it clear that they were sentries, and they're like, all right, good, we stopped them from telling it. And then they just, like, light a big old torch and start clomping into the, like, <laughs> cave. Um, well, the wolves that were in the next section of the cave saw the light, and one of them runs off and tells the leader of the wolves. So they eventually get to this part of the cave, and they reach this, um, this kind of cliff, and they're looking down, and there's a walkway, and they see the wolf run up and tell the other wolf, like, that there's intruders, and they notice there are not only wolves in this cave, um, but there's a huge wolf who's a leader, and then there's um, a bunch of orcs as well. And so what was supposed to happen was they were supposed to sneak into this cave quietly, sure. and they were supposed to come up to the and see um, the wolves and the orcs and be like, oh, the wolves are not alone here, and they would have witnessed the fight between the wolves and the orcs, and they would have had to verse one of them. 
that whoever did, whoever the winner was. Yeah, right? whoever okay. the winner was. Um, that didn't happen. <laughs> they alerted them. So the enemy of my enemy is my friend. Um, the, and so they all turned and. Um, we rolled for initiative, and I just shook the hands of the players, and I was like, "Good luck, guys." Because seriously, you were not—you <laughs> were not supposed to do it this way. Sure. Why did you not get my hints? And so, um, basically, instead of fighting the boss that they were supposed to fight, whichever one won, they fought two bosses, <laughs> and then more um, minions than they were supposed to. Sure. And it was—it just went. <clears throat> It went so awful. Um, so the like the battle starts, and it was supposed to be orc or big wolf as the boss. Right. Well, I I had the orc run over to the big wolf, jump on its <laughs> back, and so they were fighting a wolf riding orc, and it was yeah, it was just so bad. And not to mention, was it bad with the situation in general? But they kept rolling not crit hits but crit misses. And the the players did. The players okay. did. They were just they were just sucking. They kept like missing. It was just awful. Um, well, and I assume that the enemies did really really well. Uh, yeah, the enemies did pretty stinking well, um, especially starting off. Um, and and so we're we're doing this battle, and we eventually get to the point where two of the characters are down. One of them is is dead, uh, but we have. Um, the life point system that we use, and we'll talk about that in a later episode, um, but, um, so he's, he's for all intents and purposes dead, but he, he'll be able to revive himself, and, uh, and so one of the characters is dead, one of the characters is about to die, and one of the characters at four health, um, <laughs> one more hit, he's gonna go down, right. and I'm sitting here, like, I've, I've dealt with this before in campaigns, but, um, not, not at this point in the yeah. campaign, and it's like, it's like, oh, the whole party's gonna die, and Chris isn't here, Dad. That's the next person, and they weren't supposed to do this. What right. can I do about this? Well, because um, this was this was only the second night in your campaign, yes, too. So it's like night. it's one of those things. that's like, well, we've we've I mean we we've encountered this before, like fifteen or sixteen or seventeen nights yes. into a campaign, but never on the second yeah. night. And so, luckily, odds turned in their favor, and they. They got to the point where there was only one orc left. This guy was down to four HP, um, and the orc tried to shoot at him. And instead of hitting like they were doing for so long, he got a crit one. And we have our own crit one system. He dropped his bow off of the cliff and had to run down and get it. <laughs> so it took it took the other character three times to hit him, but he eventually hit him. Yeah, they were rolling really <laughs> bad that night. Um, but it's funny because as much as that was like such a crazy, oh my gosh, they almost all died, they fought two bosses, they were only supposed to fight one, why didn't you guys do what I wanted you to on the DM, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but, but like, as much as it like didn't go the way it was supposed to go, um, and they almost all died, sometimes those are the best moments in D&D. Yeah. Like, that's, that's something that like they're able and I'm able to walk away from being like, Man, that was a good time watching yeah. you guys struggle so much. It was it was really fun. Well, for some reason, like I always find out when people get like when people breeze through battles, it's not like they remember those battles. No. most. it's the ones where it's like I am rolling like crap and we no. may lose this battle. And it's like those ones are the ones that like I as a player remember the most, and even like I as a DM remember the most. Yeah, the worst the worst battles are the one where you hit every single time and it's over. Yeah, and there's no difficulty um, or I mean, honestly, probably the worst ones are probably where both sides miss forever. Yeah, you just <laughs> but, sit there. Well, because we had that. You yeah. miss. You yeah. miss. 
we had that before in, in your last campaign yep. where me and like this goblin guy were just staring at each other for like five <laughs> rounds and we just kept missing and missing. And yet that was amazing. Yeah, it was hilarious. funny. It was funny because but... didn't, didn't everybody start like cheering and chanting? Yeah, like, the, everybody else killed their guys <laughs> yeah. and didn't try to help you. They're just yeah. like, Chris has got to do it, man. He's mm-hmm. got to kill this goblin. Yep. Um, but anyway, so what about your campaign? Anything that uh, stuck out to you in that? Anything you um, learned about yourself? Yeah. Um, one thing that I learned about myself is when I don't have an NPC plan, they instantly turn into, like, the world's biggest jerks ever, because <laughs> I don't know how to play them, and so I'm just, like, everything that they ask me, I'm just like, no, 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 can't do this. Like, we got to the capital of the, the land that we're in, um, and you guys walked up to, like, the, the main gate, and, uh, you wanted to talk to the king, you guys were talking about, like, hey, we need to talk to the king, we got this letter for him. And uh, this guy comes walking out, and I was like, I don't know. After looking back on it, I don't know why I made this guy. I was like, this would probably be a good idea at the <laughs> yeah, time this, to make this. The guy, I honestly, I'm kind of <laughs> surprised that he was a spur of the moment guy. Yeah. I did not get that yeah. from w- the way you played it out, because I'm like, it's the hand of the king. He yeah. just make this guy yeah. up. <laughs> yeah, and I did. And I realized afterwards that was probably the worst idea ever, because <laughs> instantly, like, one of our one of our guys plays a squirrelkin folk, and he's like, he plays them really well. But as a DM, like, he has so much energy that you don't know what to do with it at times. And I'm, like, I'm thinking, I'm, like, as a DM, I'm fine with him having so much energy. Like, that's fun for me. Like, it brings something to the story and to the table. But as an NPC, like, thinking through this, like, Not how would this guy handle that, you know? going to love this little yeah. jittery squirrel yeah. kid. And so he's, like, he's telling this story about this witch or whatever it is that they're hunting and... And, uh, which he's got down to a T. Which now. he's got down to a T. He tells this story. He's got three hairs on her cheek and this yeah, coming out of his mole like and a, a birthmark on her neck, whatever it is. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and the NPC is an elf and he's, his name is Liar and he's just like, I don't, I don't want to bother with this guy. Go away. Like, just, just get out of here. And yeah. you guys ran into like guards that, that you were talking He's not exactly the most professional of characters. Yeah, yeah. Um, he, to say the least. So yeah. you can see well, why this guy kind of like blew him off. Yeah. Well, and not, not only that, but. On top of that, Liar was like, you guys were like, well, we need a place to stay. We have this letter. And Liar's like, yeah, go down the road to this inn. And apparently, like... Not only not <laughs> only did we hate your NPC that you made up on the spot, but your NPCs in your world hated your yeah, NPCs. Yeah. And they were jerks, too. <laughs> yeah. I was so sick of all the jerks in the city. I was about ready to go, I quit this campaign. Yeah, yeah. Not me, the player, my character. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, like, so you guys got to the inn and, like, if I remember right, the innkeeper was kind of cool to most... Of, or no, he wasn't, because he heard no, that Liar sent he you. he let us sleep in the basement <laughs> with the rats. <laughs> On the haystack, he's like, I'll give you free lodging. I guess that's okay, yeah, but... Because you guys haven't discovered, but like I've come up with like this whole feud that they have now, because like... Nope, I have no clue. <laughs> yeah, you have no clue nope. idea what it is. I do. But it's like something that I actually like came up with afterwards. Whether you guys actually find out what it is or not, because you guys are on your way out of the city now, but... I don't know. I just found that out about myself, that most of my NPCs that I make are just complete jerks out of, out of everything. It's uh, so funny. It was fun, though. Yeah. It was good stuff. So, Chris, is there anything else from your campaign you want to share? Um, no, not that I can think of. All right. I think that pretty much covers it. Well, let's, uh, let's wrap up story time then, and let's head to the meat of the episode. I'm starving. We ain't had nothing but maggoty bread for three stinking days. Why can't we have some meat? The flat meat back on the menu, boys! One thing that we like to do as DMs in order to 
get our get our players on board with what we're doing and give them a little bit of a chance to hear about our next campaign and to build their characters a little bit. Um, as a group, what we like to do uh, is we call we what we call character creation nights. Um, and these nights, we do a lot of different things. We we well, we'll, we'll get into it, um, Mitch. What what out of everything that we do on the character creation nights is your favorite? Well, we we haven't really done this for a long time. We right. used to be like, all right, I got a campaign we're doing, um, and uh, you guys make your characters. Um, one thing that I've always done is had players approve their characters with me before right. we play um, because we we allow um, people to go outside of the player's handbook and yep. make certain characters for creativity. Um, but we haven't always done character creation nights. It's kind of been something that um, we've started recently. And so uh, it could be just as simple as everybody getting together. I think it's a good idea for you as the DM to have kind of an idea of what your um, campaign's going to be like um, and where you're going to be right. because I think it's a good place to kind of give a little bit of information about what what the campaign's going to look like starting out. You don't need to give them, here's where it's going to go, um, but like if you've got kind of a place that you want them to start out in, like you can give them like information about it because if they've grown up in this place, they would know about it. Right. Um, and so, like, of course, you don't need to get in as in depth as like um, we have. But I know one thing that we've done is for the past two campaigns that we just started um, is we had created little PowerPoint presentations for both of our. Um, for both of our campaigns. Well, you, yeah, you had the PowerPoint presentation. Yep. I had the little, um, had, yes. the booklet, the pamphlet yep. you thing have, that I made yeah. with, with everything. So I made a PowerPoint presentation with mostly just images, a couple yep. words, just saying, so um, here's where we're going to be at in um, my world. And once again, remember, I worked little to big, but I'm at that point now with my campaign that um, I have a whole entire world right. created. So it's a little easier right. for me to go here's the entire country that we're living in and what they're like. But so I kind of ran down, like, here's a country we're in, here's the way, you know, here's the government, here's some creatures, and here's a little bit of history on the country. Um, and then I went into um, what kind of races that were available to play for this campaign because I was putting a limit on it, um, but it was still getting outside of the player's handbook, just it was more um, specific to what kind of races were in this land. Right. Um, and so, kind of just gave them this rundown. And you did something very similar in your uh, with your campaign. You printed out a little uh, booklet for us, in yep. which um, it gave a little bit of background. Yep. Uh, talked about kind of what we needed to do as players. We needed to choose uh, family to join yep. and such like that. Um, gave you a, and and for me too. It was it was for me as a first time DM giving you some of the rules that I liked and didn't want you to cross and yep. like make things easy for me the first time through and. And it, for me, it was like, I want to give them something tangible that they can hold on to that, that, that's there for them that they can see. And, and I think we both learned things that we liked from each of our, our, our parts of it. You know, like I, I really liked pictures from yours with, with the little descriptions on the side. Um, and I honestly, next time I do a character creation night, I'll probably have a little PowerPoint presentation to go with it. Um, just because that's I, I really like that part of your um, creation and night. It's a, yeah, it's a really good, it's a good night to get 
players excited about what the next campaign is going to be like. Yep. Give them a little bit of an insight so that they don't come in just blind and have to... It, it, yeah. it was good because instead of coming in and having to learn about the whole land the entire night, they come in and they already have this simple yep. understanding of it and they're able to jump into role-playing a lot quicker. Yep. Um, kind of like what you said, I think like you said, oh, my your pamphlet also had... A little bit of like what you expected yep. um, the players not to like do as far as um, going crazy with feats outside of the player's handbook yeah. and such like that because we have had issues with that before and I think that's something good for character creation night as a good night to not only get excited about the campaign and give a little bit of a background on that not only to create characters together but also to, as a DM, give your expectations, and you can also hear from the players what their expectations and yeah. things that they want to do in the campaign is. If you're a DM like you were, Chris, that it was your first time DMing, um, and you're not with a group who it's their first time playing, um, it's probably a good thing to just say, hey, listen, remember, this is my first time DMing. Uh, please remember that. Please be gracious with me. Help me, don't hinder me by yeah. making your characters um, just ridiculously unfair yeah. and un- unlevel to people. Well, um, and, and one thing that I did too is is after that night, like we got a lot of like the character ideas down, but like everybody would just keep like Facebook messaging me or emailing me or calling me or whatever, and they're like, "Hey, does this work?" And it was just, there was something that was like super ridiculously long for me to try and figure out. I was just like. If you can simplify it down and make it so that I completely understand that, go for it. But otherwise, I'm going to say no because I don't have that much time to read through all of that, you know. Um, and that was one of the expectations that I set on this character creation night was like, hey, make this easy for me. This is my first time. I don't know exactly what I'm doing. I know a lot of the rules from playing as a player, but I don't know how they all work as a DM and how to accurately do that. Um, and it's and like that kind of you know rules you can work with and also like backgrounds and stuff yeah um, is something that you can work with um, with your players as you've got this this idea of where they're going to be starting out is and that's something that I think needs to be set as what is your expectation as DM mm-hmm. on them making backgrounds yeah because what I found is especially. Especially for uh, newer players, um, when you say, come up with a background for me. Well, they're making, hopefully, if you're playing the right way, uh, <laughs> they're, they're coming in with a level one character. Right. Um, and then they bring you a backstory in which their character has gone on many missions and has slayed many dragons and monsters yeah. and has freed the princess from who knows what, the Balor demon or yeah. whatever it is. And... And it does not make sense why you can't hit an orc yeah. the first time you're well, playing. It's, it's almost like dragons. yeah, it's almost like they like fell into a coma for like ten years and yep. came out with like large amounts of like muscular they, atrophy. They are they are Batman from the Dark Knight Rises, right, right. completely useless. <laughs> oh. Ten years makes you suck. <laughs> yeah. Well, Mitch, you're also a huge Marvel fan. I so love, you're kind of biased. I love those movies, but but. The Dark Knight should be called Catwoman, Bane, <laughs> and Robin. That's what it should be called. Oh, yeah. Uh, but anyway, uh, <laughs> not to mention that they ripped off the ending to the Avengers. But anyway. Yeah. Uh, so, 
Uh, <laughs> what were we talking about? Uh, we were talking about backstories. Yeah, so backstories. Like, do you want... I think an important thing to note is when you're talking about your... Talking to your players, uh, or is your expectation that you want your their characters to start out as heroes already? Which is a lot... It's kind of weird mm-hmm. as they are level one characters. Right. Um, once again, if you're doing it the right way. Uh, <laughs> or do you want them to start out as zeros? Nobodies. Yep. And... And so what, like, I know, I know how I feel about that, but what do you, what are your thoughts on, what are the, are there pros and cons for each of those? What are they? What do you think? Um, I, I personally like the, or the, starting out as a zero, like, I know in your campaign when we did my backstory for my halfling, like, he's a, he's, he's a mercenary, and he has a little bit, or he's not a mercenary, sorry, he's a, he's a bounty hunter, um, and he has a little bit of a, uh, a reputation. He's not like a hero by any means, but he's definitely not a zero. So he's a little bit above that. I, the thing that I like about zeros is like people have to work for the story. Like they have to work to make a name for themselves throughout the campaign, which is fun. Which just makes it interesting. Like, and it makes it it makes it fun as a DM too, where you, like somebody comes into the city, like with with my campaign, where it was like they have this they have this note from you know I need to speak to the king, and they're like we have no idea who you are. Like, this could totally be fake, you know? Like, and it's fun to see that role played out, you know? Whereas, like, I feel like if you were a hero coming into a campaign, which which could be fun, um, I've never I've never led a campaign that way, um, but they could just, like, if you're a hero, you could just do whatever you want, you know, for the most part, and it would make it interesting to be like, okay, you're the hero of this town, something crazy happens, you're the first person they call on to go and take care of this. Like, it could be fun to have that, um... Yeah, I don't know what what do you think, Mitch? I'm I'm very very much lean towards the zero concept, um, and that's you know that's more of a new thing for me because I've kind of just let players make their own backstories, and that's kind of the thing I've noticed is everybody comes in and their backstory is they've done these incredible things already, and it just one it doesn't make sense with the level that you're at, and two like there's a problem with that. Mm-hmm. Um, the problem being when you're playing your campaign, um, the other players at the table, like, let's let's be honest. Uh, does does your player like care anything about the backstory of the other players' characters? Yeah, a little. Yeah. You know, like you're interested. It's interesting, but like when he when another character goes, I slayed this monster and did this. It's like, well, you didn't really. You yeah. just wrote it down in the in your backstory, so I could have done anything in right. my backstory. And when one of the things that I've seen become a problem is I've seen some players uh, play a campaign so focused the entire campaign on what their backstory was that that they didn't allow themselves to become immersed in the the world right. that you're playing in, the story you're playing in, and that's the only story that that character's ever really right. played in. Right. Unless you go on and do another campaign afterwards, but it's like, if we're talking about strictly a one, like, a one-go, like, either it's a one-shot or it's a long story, it's like, I want to see the characters develop right. as they go through the story. I want to see them be like, I did this, and have it be something that we all actually experienced, something that they actually did as a player sitting at a table as their character, not something that they wrote 15 minutes, took them to write, and yeah. they just immerse that into the story so much that it just dictates everything. And hinders growth. 
It right. really, I've seen it hinder growth. My characters um, made this oath, and I will not break it, and then they never change in the yeah. story. That yeah. should have lots of moments where things should bring about change in personality. Right, right. Yeah, I, th- I think the big thing with backstories that I like um, is that it, it gives somebody a little bit of a history of their character. It gives them buy-in to their character that they may not have otherwise had. Like, for example, if you come into a campaign, you don't have a backstory done, somebody asks you about your backstory, you're like, oh, crap, I don't have that done. Like, you have to come up with something on the fly, and it's nowhere near as good as if you were to come up with it, you know, a week beforehand that, that you worked on with the dungeon master or worked on by yourself yep. and brought to him, you know. And it, it helps you develop what your character likes, doesn't like. You can come up with, like, weird tics that your character has. You can come up with a voice for your character. Like, whatever you want to do in order to help you become more immersed in your own character is, is ultimately, I think, why we both do backstories a little bit. Um, yeah, I, don't, I, I really like having backstories for and characters it, coming into campaigns. And speaking, you know, uh, if you haven't noticed, Chris and me will go off on tangents for a while, but, you know, we're bringing it back to the character creation night and the backstory, um, it, it, it's another way to immerse them in your world. Yeah. If you can give them... Like, even if they're a zero, they're a, they're a lowly farmer. I'm a farmer in your campaign. Mm-hmm. Um, and yep. in your campaign, um, that's helped me roleplay a lot. Yeah. Um, I've been able to decide that, um, we, you know, we've, we've worked in, okay, so we need to get to this town. Well, does my character have a carriage? I'd assume we have, like, yeah. horses in a carriage. Sure he does. He's a farmer. Yeah, he's a farmer. So of course he's got he would. that, like... You know, I, I, we started out with a festival going on in your town, and I was there, kind of like, you know, selling our yep. farm crops and like, uh, at the festival, and um, it, it can immerse you in the story immediately. Yeah. You have a purpose immediately. Yeah. That's not the purpose that you want for that character the whole game. Yeah. I'm not playing Farmville. Yeah, um, no. <laughs> I'm, I'm playing a campaign in which, you know, my guy's... My guy's a type of wizard. Like, I don't want to farm my during my this yeah. campaign. But that's something that I can start out with. Yep. And those are the best stories. You watch you watch the greatest movies. Um, you read the best books about, like, um, especially, like, fantasy characters. It's always the nobody mm-hmm. that turns into the somebody, yep. the hero. Maybe there's somebody, like, like, you look at, like, Frodo. And maybe there's somebody like Gandalf who's already a somebody that helps him along the way. But yeah. even Gandalf changes in that yep. in those stories and becomes way more of a hero than he ever was. Yeah. Nobody cares about... Well, that's not true. That's I was going to say, nobody true. cares about what Gandalf did before, yeah. but that's totally not true. I love learning all that lore. But really, that's that's the the main part of the story. That's That's what you go, hey, what did Gandalf do? He did this. He did that. Like, nobody's going to go, oh, he did this before... Yeah. The, the Hobbit before the Lord of the Rings, like, yeah. So, how are some ways that we've uh, we've done this and worked on um, specific characters with players? Um, like in your campaign, what are some things that you've done during character creation night to make that character, certain characters, be immersed in your world to have them have work with them on a background? Yeah, I think. Um for me, like, we, like, I don't know if you knew this or not, but, like, when you were, because you, you worked one-on-one with people a lot, yep. and we were just in this, you know, in the other room, just kind of talking and hanging out and stuff, and, like, there were, there were all sorts of questions that were coming my way about, you know, 
can my character do this? Can my character do that? Can you know? Can you do this for my character? Can my character have this? You know, all these and different and questions. Just to stop you there for a second, like another great use of character creation night is you as a like players can get together and go. All right, if you if we if you guys want to, it's like all right. Do we have a wizard? Do we have a rogue? Right. So it's not like you come to the table and there's six wizards. That can be fun and awesome. Yeah. But if you want to have a balanced party. You can make that happen. Yeah. So well, sorry yeah. to interrupt, but yeah. no, you're good. Um, yeah, I think one thing for me, what was cool is it, it, it helped me bond with them a little bit mm-hmm. before the campaign started. It helped me get an idea for okay, where is this campaign really going to go? You know, like what are they excited to see? What are they excited to play? Um, and it helped me, like it helped it helped them trust me a little bit too as a DM. Like I can make decisions as a DM, a first time DM. Like I. I may not know everything that I'm talking about, but they get to a point where it's like they trust that I'm going to take care of the campaign, I'm going to do it well, because I'm sitting here talking with them, I'm putting the effort in before the campaign starts to really make it everything that it can be, you know, and, and, and that's what I liked about yours too, Mitch, was was that you took that time like one-on-one individually and was like, okay, let's let's work through this, and there was a lot of like like cool things that happened, especially with my character, that that wouldn't have happened if I just thought through them myself, you know, like... Like, now, my character in your campaign has, like, a poem and, like, a reason why he's going to go to the region that yeah. he wants to go to. Well, let's, you know? let's, let's specifically, like, even talk about that. Like, so in my campaign, um, I did limit it with races. I had a list of ten races you could choose from. Yep. Some for the player's handbook, some not from the player's handbook. And we're playing early on in my world's history, so there's not... Like, you could play a dwarf, but you would have been one of the first dwarfs to even have arrived in this land because right. you dwarves have been traveling up from the south of the world. You could be an elf, but you would have been very um, you would have been very private as a elf because elves are not really interacting with humans at this point. Right. Um, and so each race that we had had a specific thing that, you know, I said, okay, if you pick this race, this is somewhere that this is some some benefit you're gonna get. This is maybe a fault you're gonna get. I want you to add it into your character, and I want you to um, use it in role playing situations. So, so what was what char- What who's your character, and what um, who's your character, and what does he do? <laughs> <laughs> um, my character is a halfling rogue, who uh, specifically was a a bounty hunter for a while. He took care of. Um, mainly orcs, um, because in your world there's been a lot of orc raids that started yeah. happening, and so that was his main kind of um, role, because long story short, short, his you know a couple of his siblings died in an orc raid, and he's just pissed at orcs, and he'll do anything to kill them, basically. Um, but one thing that, that, that my character had that was fun to discover is my father owned a music shop, and one day there was a, a harp or a violin or something like that. I don't remember exactly what it was off the top of my head. It was a lute, I believe. A lute, yeah, 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 it was a lute. Came in and there was a, there was a, there was a note in there, or a, a poem yep. that came in. And halflings in your world are really big on poetry and poetry, just love poetry. Storytelling. Yeah, storytelling. All that all kind of stuff. stuff. Yep. So he was, it was talking about this foreign land and how it was beautiful and there was gold and there was just these amazing trees and silver was everywhere and... And, and halflings like their wealth. And he's, they love poetry and literature and, and everything that goes along with that. And so he was just fascinated with it. And he always talked with one of his brothers that like they're going to make it there at some point in time in their life. And it was almost like when his brother was killed, there was this 
it, it, that was the catalyst that was needed in order for him to start pursuing that. So now he's working his way down the land to get to this to get to this next area that he wants to go and runs into the whole group now. Um, and but. so and so we had we had talked about that and that that poem like I kind of told you a little bit about the place mm-hmm. that the poem was about. Yep. And there's something that we came up with together like oh what if he finds a poem from a different place. Yep. And so I told you about the place and my lore around it and I said why don't you create the poem? Yep. Um and send it to me afterwards and I'll just make sure that it's all like, you know, um, it all makes sense lore-wise, and you did, and it turned out awesome, and now we have a poem yeah. that, you know, once it comes up in the story, you can actually pull it up and be like, here's the poem, yeah. would you guys like to hear it? Like, yeah. um, this is the place that I want to go to, yeah. and so this has been your main starting, you jumped into the campaign, and you already had a motivation, yep. um, and so that motivation, and um, that motivation's already, like, driving your character to yeah. what his goal is. Well, they basically, are. like, the whole group had to convince my character to go with them. Because like, they're to do going the rest away of from them. Yeah, they're going yep. the opposite direction back where I came from. And I was like, why would I want to go back there? Like, I've already made it this far, you know? And um, So it makes for interesting interactions, too. I mean, obviously, I'm not so stubborn where I'm going to be like, nope, I'm not going to do it. I'm just yep. going to keep walking. But, um, yeah, it makes it, it makes for an interesting interesting dynamic with a group when people come in with backstories and stuff already. And it can um, help you as the DM. Um, like another one of our characters that is we worked on during character creation night, um, our friend Mark is playing a, a rabbit folk. Oh, yeah. And like during his bar- background creation, um, there's lots of griffins in this land that we're in. And a griffin, um, when he was out in the fields one day, swooped down killed his sister, him and his family got separated, he doesn't know where they are, and so, um, not only was this, like, a great backstory, but this actually led to our first mission. Yeah. We are right now trying to track down this griffin. Um, the black griffin. The, it's, a, it's a black griffin, and trying to um, find it, kill it for revenge, and see if we can find the rest of his family. And so this, not only did it help the the players get immersed into the world with their characters and be able to roleplay right off the bat, but it helped me as a DM be like, alright, what we're starting a campaign out. It's a little bit of a sandbox kind of feel. It's hard to go, first night, what are we doing? I had an idea first night, what direction to bring us in, because I knew what your characters right. wanted in the world already. Right. It's a really good thing. Yeah. Another thing that we really like to do on our character creation nights is we like to roll for stats as a group. Um, it's kind of fun on these nights, too, when people roll really badly and you can like just <laughs> laugh at each other like, oh, you're such a crappy character, you know? Um, or you can just, like, some guy gets like this god character where he's just like 18s and 17s and 16s. Me like, in oh. your campaign. Yeah, right. Yeah. And, yeah. 18s in a row. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It, it, it also adds that, that fun dynamic because you're like, oh, no, what's he going to get? What's he going to get? It's, um, it's good, you know, for a lot of reasons. Um, you hate to ever suspect anybody of cheating. Yeah. Uh, but really, even with your best friends, like, cheating happens. And I can say that because I've cheated. Oh, like, yeah. I've we all characters. have. We Every, all have. Everybody who's played D&D long enough, if they're able to roll by themselves, yep. you know you've cheated. Whether cheating is, crap, I've got an 11, I'm going to make that an 18. Or it's, oh, I got an 11, 
I want to have that even number, yeah. 12. Or even if it's, um, I got a 11 and a 11, and I'm going to bo- boost that 11 up to a 16 and make that other 11 into yeah. a 5. That's not the way that you rolled. And if you yeah. are, the thing is, if you're as a group okay with changing roles, do it together. Yeah. So that everybody's kind of getting stuff equal. Yeah. Because that's not necessarily a bad thing, but it's a bad thing when it's happening off in the corner and then people get together as a group and somebody's got a really low character and somebody's got uh, 318s. Like, honestly, like, you and me, like, we were there together. At the during your character creation or character creation night, and I rolled three eighteens. Yeah, I remember. I that. if I was sitting at a table and somebody came with three eighteens, I never would like, believe it. I would not believe no. them. I would always have that little bit of doubt in my head, like no way, dude. Yeah, because I no rolled really good. I, I rolled besides that. I think I got like a fifteen and a sixteen. And yeah, a 14. you did. You did. You I, rolled really, I rolled really an well. Amazing character. Yeah, and it was it was refreshing for me because. I didn't have to worry about anybody blaming me and yeah. being like and thinking you're full of crap, man. Like yeah. I, I sat there and I was like, everybody knows that my character rolled well because they watched, yeah. it, you know. And so it's it's good because it just even if you're not worried about cheating, you won't have to worry about cheating. Yeah. It's something that cuts it out. You can, like you said, rejoice with each other as you roll amazing. You can like. Laugh with each other as you roll terrible, um, and then as the DM, if you want to go, um, listen, let me help you out, make you a little bit more even. Right, you can do it there well, at the table, and you can discuss things too, like what we talked about before. Is like, I have really high stats. I want my character to have like this really janky personality, and you're mm-hmm. like, can I, can we I lower this? Flaws. Yeah, we do. Flaws we do. are. Fun. Flaws make story fun, and we're one huge of, on story. Yeah. Yeah. One of the best things ever is to play a character with a six intelligence. Oh yeah, it's so much fun. Yeah. you're gonna suck at skills, but it's just it's so yep. much fun. Yeah. Well, and like in my campaign, um, one of our friends, he doesn't speak common as a language. Yes. Um, <laughs> and and what's funny for me to see is he's like, I needed that one more intelligence point to get <laughs> to be able to speak common, and he's like, I was like, okay. Here's the thing, you've lived in this city for like 15 years now. Like you can, you can probably pick up at like like most people that live in a foreign country. You can pick up a language. You don't speak it fluently, right? But you you got enough to be able right. to communicate, right? And it's funny to see those things happen. That it's like, oh, I needed one more, one more uh, point, <laughs> one more better role in order to have a common as a language. And so it's funny to watch him struggle going through the campaign because like. He's a guy that uses really big words, like, in yeah. real life and stuff. It's and a so, struggle for him to speak normal. Yeah. Normally. Yeah, normal, normally. <laughs> and so we sit here, I'm like, what's your character really say? He's like, oh, are you kidding yeah, me? That like, one oh, word? I can't use that 15-syllable yeah. yeah. word. Yeah. Uh. So it, it, it makes things interesting when you have to roll stats in front of each other um, for, for reasons like that. It, it adds a little bit extra to the story. Yep. You know? and, and not everybody lo- likes to have faults like we do. Yep. And so... There are there are some players who might try and make a character with six eighteens as their stats, and if you're playing with a group that everybody does that, that's fine. Um, if you're playing with a group where there's people who are like rolling and getting terrible things, it's not fun to sit yeah. there during a battle and wonder if somebody cheated on their rolls because they're doing so well, where you didn't cheat and your characters 
sucking. Yeah. It really is not fun. And it makes it hard for you as the DM to level things out. Yeah. So ro- I, I strongly suggest roll together as a group in front of each other. Do the, I, I go as far to make them do that as for health, too. I don't think you've done that and um, gone that far. I, I've I done make it, that a rule. Yeah, I've done it with... Uh, some people, but sometimes we just we just don't have time to get yeah, together to just, do it. It's not as um, big of a deal for uh, for you, and that's and yeah. that's completely fine yeah. for me. For me, I just don't. I just say it's for, if somebody's doing it, everybody's got to do it. Yeah. I just, just kind of put my foot down. Yeah, the main bit. thing that I make people roll for is just beginning stats. Yep. Like that's the only thing I really and make that's people the roll most for. Important thing that I would say. Yeah. Yep. Um, so we we roll for our characters, and the way we we do it is we roll. Um, we have everybody roll four dice six. For each stat, take out the lowest number, and know, then that's the Replace stat. ones, isn't it? Well, we, we've done that, too. Oh, but yeah, the, yeah. the main formula we use is uh, four die six for yep. each stat, take out the lowest, that's your stat. Yep. And then if we want them to have a little bit more of a, um, a strong character, what we've done is we say, that's the rules... And if you if you roll one, you can re-roll that one. Yep. Um, Which has saved me in the past. Yes. Um, Actually, I think yeah, your character for this campaign, I think you rolled what like you rolled a ridiculous I, amount of ones. Yeah. And you oh yeah. Kept, I did. You rolled those ones, and I was like, all right, you get to re-roll those ones. You rolled three of them. That's good. Yeah. And you re-rolled those ones, and you got like two ones, and I'm like, wow. <laughs> we roll those ones yeah. because you suck tonight, yeah. and you ended up having a good character because yeah. we had that. I think Otherwise, lowest, yeah. you would have been like, you would have been like, I'd have been able to talk you, and you would have died. I just died. Like, it yeah. would have been awful. I think, I think my lowest stat now is a eight or a nine or something like that. But yeah, if I wouldn't have, it would have been like, oh gosh. My guy's like a six in every single category. He like uh, he can't talk. He's dumber than a box been lower of rocks. Than a six with certain. You guys would have had to have carried me everywhere. Like just. Give me a backpack, put no. me on the biggest guy, like just carry me around. But yeah, yeah. And if and if you like flaws, like we do, like there's no part of me that will ever deny somebody. Well, can, can I can I lower my stat in this? Oh yeah, you totally can. <laughs> do it. Like go yeah. for it, man. Yeah. Like if you want to make it harder for yourself so you can have more fun role playing. Yeah, that's something you work with. Yeah, like that's something you work. And like same goes for like hiring stats. If that's something you want to do as a group, go for. Yeah. Um, but but realize that flaws, if handled correctly, can be really really fun. Yep. Um, and so we we roll for stats. There's different ways to do it. There's you can do a point system where everybody gets a certain amount of points to put into their attributes. Yep. And that's a good way to do it if you want everybody to have to be on an equal level. Yep. Um, you know that that can make things um, be a lot a lot equal in that. If that's a problem for your group. Um, we personally have never done that and shy no. away from that because I think we like the thrill of rolling. Yeah, the thrill leaving of it up, leaving it up to chance yeah, is kind of fun. The thrill of like, oh my gosh, this character's awesome. Yeah. and it is, uh, even though in the moment it might not be fun, and some of our players would say they hate when they roll low. Yeah, but it is, it is kind of fun to roll a really low number and yep. be like, oh gosh. Yeah. <laughs> Where am I going to put that for? Yeah, it's like, oh, shoot. What do I want to be really crappy yeah. in? Or, like, what do I want to be really, really amazing in? I mean, you can <laughs> you can do that with a point system, right? Like, you can make yourself oh, that yeah. way. You can, but you can, if you want a point system, you could actually make your flaws so bad. Yeah. To the point where I'm pretty sure most, most campaign, most uh, DM campaigns will say... Three is the lowest you can go with yeah. certain things. Yeah. Because if you're a three intelligence, 
you're not that much smarter than an animal. Yeah. If you're a three strength, you're not picking up that like weapon. You're not uh, picking up anything. A, yeah, you're <laughs> and like <laughs> you can't go lower than a one, right? Because there's there's some chart somewhere that it says here's here's what would happen if you're a zero in strength. Here's what would happen in zero in constitution. I haven't seen and that. And every single one of them. You're an unplayable character. Oh, yeah. Strength, it's basically you're a blob on the ground. Yeah. Uh, constitution, it's, ba- it's not even... It's like, there's nothing to go into here. If you have a zero constitution, you're dead. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, zero is you're a vegetable. Yeah. Like, so if you want to be rolled around, just <laughs> roll play a corpse. Oh, yeah, like, right. You're go for it. But yeah. like, none of those work as yeah. a zero. You can't do it. Yeah. Uh, well, that's the meat of the episode. We've got one more segment for you called... The DM light bulb. Light bulb. So this is a segment of our show that we call DM light bulbs. And and these are things that we have experienced as DMs that we um, have come up with, uh, that we really like, that add a little bit of uh, flavor, I guess, a little bit of... uh, fun into our campaigns, uh, things that we really like and that might be able to bring a little bit of insight and help into you as a DM uh, down the road. And so this week, one of one of our fun things, because it involves food, uh, is we do something called the Snack Challenge. Snack Challenge! Yeah! Uh, <laughs> what we like to do with the Snack Challenge is, is every week when we do a campaign is we like to come up with something um, food-wise that they can make pertaining to uh, our campaign. And so... From D and D's always better with snacks. Oh yeah, way better. Always, way better. You don't have snacks. Everybody gets grumpy because they're hungry, yep. and then the battles turn into real battles yep. between players. Yep. Snacks are awesome with yep. D and D. And so, so we have very we have different ways of doing um, uh, snacks. Like for example, me, I do it. I do it based off of the theme that we're going to be doing that night. Um, and so, like this this coming campaign that I'm going to do. This coming night of the campaign I'm doing is they're they're on this kind of uh, what they think is is a witch hunt type thing, and so the campaign night on the Facebook group that I, I posted was she's a witch, burn her, right? So they're <laughs> gonna come up with uh, a type of food that maybe it's something that like a witch would make, and so we've had crazy things in the past that we've come up with. Um, I'm gonna bring Eye of Newts. Okay, I've already cool. got it planned cool. out. Cool, bring it in like a cauldron. Yes, yeah, it's gonna be awesome. Get some dry ice and put it yep. in the. Oh, 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 I don't think drives will mix well with what I'm going to make. Okay. I've got oh, so you've actually thought through I've this. I've already thought about it. Oh, cool, man. cool. Uh, and so, so, so you, well, Mitch, you've done something a little bit different with your past campaign. What did, what did you do? Yeah, so you've, you've focused on theme, which has been cool, because that's not something I've thought about. Like, the past, the past one that we actually did was we did, uh, we met a mysterious character. So you yep. said, the theme is mystery for the snack yep. challenge. Come up with something mysterious. I brought Twinkies to the table. <laughs> yeah, because you didn't know what they were. Because for them. one, um, it's a mystery to me why people like those disgusting yep. sponge cakes. Yep. Um, two, it's a mystery why they ever disappeared because people do like yeah. disgusting sponge cakes. Uh, and three, um, when you bite into something that's not a Twinkie that you think is a Twinkie, you ask the question, um, where's the cream filling? Yeah. It's a mystery. Yeah. And well, not only that, but bonus. It's, what what is it made out of is another reason yes. it's a mystery. And bonus on the box, it was an X-Men box. And oh, Mystique yeah. was on the box. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So I, I just beasted that snack you challenge of mystery. I'm but, pretty sure you won. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so it was, it was really fun. Um, for my campaign, uh, we, we haven't done a snack challenge yet for my 
campaign we're in right now, the previous campaign that we did um, was a campaign in which um, we were able to travel through a magical door to, like, anywhere in the world. So, like, almost every week we went to a different country in my world. And so before uh, we played that week, like, we kind of had a rundown of what the mission was going to be, where we were go going, and so, um, you know, we're going to Isinmar. That is a desert place. Come up with something um, for the snack challenge this week that they would eat in Isinmar. Yeah. Uh, we're going uh, to... And I brought, I brought Turkish Delight that night. Yes. called it Isinmario Delight. Isinmario Delight. Yeah. And we always give a... We have to make um, each player give a presentation. Make yep. them give a presentation. Uh, make them name it something different than what it is to work with the lore, it's fun, it's amazing, it's it's just a good time. You're there to role play. Why not role play even with the snacks? Yeah, it's fun. We went to uh, we went to the dark bellows in my world, yep. underground tunnels, and so um, our friend Austin made this delicious like it was like pudding with like Oreo crumbles and it had gummy worms. Yeah, in you it. liked it. And I it didn't was, like it. it was, <laughs> but it was <laughs> Austin. Don't listen to this one. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so it, it was it was just dirt. Like that's what he yeah. said it was. Like because there's tons of dirt. Yeah, and it was awesome. It's so much fun. Well, I made, challenge uh, is a good time. It's fun, and, and for that particular one, I made mushrooms because there were mushroom yes. folk that lived down there. So I yep. was like, oh, cool. You made you made sauteed, sauteed mushrooms, mushrooms, and yep. I found these little um uh these little chocolate covered mushrooms that we actually we were fighting um Mykonins that night yeah. which are mushroom people and so I actually used them as <laughs> the right, pieces on the board and if you kill the Mykonin you got to eat it. Yep. It was a good time. That was um, fun. I yes. think you won your own snack challenge that night. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty fun using them as pieces. They yeah. melted on the board a little bit a little but bit. we have yeah. a little enamel over our board so we get to clean it off really good. Yeah. But yeah it was a uh, snack challenge it's a really, really fun idea. If you want to use it, please use it. Let's make this spread like wildfire. Yeah, Snapchat. I think it'd be fun if you would share like your stories with us. I think that would be fun too of things that, that yeah. you've done if for you, your campaign. If you come up with uh, a great snack challenge, let us know. Um, we can um, let you guys know from time to time when there's a really good snack challenge uh, coming up and just that we've done. And yeah, snack challenge. That's our DM light bulb for the night. Light bulb. Light bulb. <laughs>where we talk about the Dungeon Master, the most important person in the game. The only person capable of playing God. Killing characters. And lowering the egos of everyone at the table. Good night and good luck. <laughs> good night, everyone. Goodbye.